This is The Guardian. What do you do when you realise the technology you've been working on for decades, it's dangerous, and it might be too late to stop it? That's when I got really scared about the existential threat. Listen to Black Box, a new podcast series from The Guardian. Seven stories about AI and us. Coming soon. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Science Weekly is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash scienceweekly today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scienceweekly. How would your life change if that's what you heard 24-7? Well, a lot of people don't have to imagine. Mine is a very high-frequency screech. People of a certain age who remember when we only, in the UK, only had three television stations at midnight when it stopped, you'd get a white dot and a high-pitched screech. Tinnitus is actually very common. It's estimated to affect around 14% of us. Some will be unlucky enough to hear it very loudly or intrusively, like John does. For me, I felt like I didn't sleep for, I think, just over a year. I did. I passed out in the day. But it feels like torture. A recent survey of tinnitus sufferers by charity Tinnitus UK found that over one in five had experienced thoughts of suicide or self-harm in the last year. To go from being what I would consider very healthy to then this sound that you cannot escape from, when we have chronic tinnitus, it can shrink our lives. All you're doing is staying at home and living with this phantom sound that is causing you so much distress. 
it ends up putting you in crisis. For the majority of people, there's no cure. And access to support can be difficult or expensive. But now, a clinical trial is launching to test whether an app could help sufferers cope. It's based on cognitive behavioural therapy, a technique that's been shown to work. So now I call it my new sound of silence and I'm back to sleeping with earplugs. I feel really good and I do live very, very well with my tinnitus now. So today we're asking, what is tinnitus? Could an app reduce the stress of having a constant buzzing in your ears? And what should sufferers know about the things that can help? From The Guardian, I'm Madeleine Finlay and this is Science Weekly. Dr Lucy Hanscom, you're a clinician and lecturer and tinnitus researcher at University College London and you're involved in the trial of a new app that could help tinnitus sufferers. But before we get to that, I'd like to understand exactly what tinnitus is. Tinnitus really is a very broad term and it just refers to any kind of noise that people can hear in their ears, or sometimes it's perceived in the head, uh, that's not coming from an external source. And there's so many different types of sound it can be, buzzing, humming, whistling, roaring. People have many different descriptions for what they're hearing. Hi, my name's Jeff, and this is my tinnitus. My name is Sue, and this is my tinnitus. My name is Rochelle, and this is my tinnitus. And the most common cause of tinnitus is some degree of hearing loss, although people might also get it if they've been exposed to loud noises or it might even be due to a different health condition entirely. But what's going on biologically in the ear and in the brain? Well, all the time your ear is communicating with your brain by sending this constant stream of electrical signals from the inner part of the ear, uh, the cochlea, along your hearing nerve uh, and into the brain. What seems to happen is if there's some damage in the auditory system that causes a kind of interference in this normal pattern of signals going between ear and brain, and that in many cases is being detected as an internal noise, which is very real to them, but can't actually be measured in the usual way. What's interesting is that it seems the damage to the hearing system doesn't need to be very great in order for that to happen. So there's quite a lot of people with tinnitus who don't have any noticeable hearing loss, and yet they're still getting this kind of internal perception of sound. And in fact, most of us, if we put ourselves in an extremely quiet situation, uh, like a a soundproof chamber, um, would be able to hear some kind of buzzing or whistling or ringing in our ears. Do some people hear tinnitus louder than others? Yes, although loudness and severity are not necessarily one and the same thing. I guess the first thing to say is it's quite difficult to measure the loudness of tinnitus because it's a subjective experience. One of the interesting findings from research is that there isn't a very strong correlation between how loud people rate their tinnitus to be and how much it bothers them. In particular, when you get people to match their loudness to another sound, 
A lot of those people will match tinnitus to a fairly low-level sound, um, but may report that the tinnitus is very disturbing and seems very prominent to them. For those that do find their tinnitus is very prominent, having this sound constantly present can be utterly debilitating and distressing. I woke up one night and I had this horrific, high-pitched screeching in my head. It was um, incredibly frightening. Since that night in 2019, John has suffered with tinnitus. And it has never stopped. The next few weeks, I went from being a highly motivated individual, going out to gigs and comedy shows, organising everything for the family and friends, to being a complete shell of myself. It was completely overwhelming and because things did not get better and in fact although my tinnitus didn't change the impact on my mental and physical health began to be I would say very significant I was in complete crisis and the level of my chronic tinnitus unfortunately led me to being diagnosed with a clinically severe depression and it completely changed me as a person John saw his GP and was referred to an ear, nose and throat, ENT, specialist. After investigation, he was told that there was no underlying health condition causing his tinnitus, which was good news, but also, in a way, not great news either. Unfortunately, like many people's experience, I felt um, somewhat lost after that consultation because the ENT essentially said to me, you'll habituate or it'll go away. Thanks very much. Goodbye. So I felt very listless, helpless. I didn't know what, where to turn to to help me understand how I could manage this chronic condition. If you get tinnitus, I'd read that there wasn't any cure. Is that true? Is there really not any way to cure or get rid of somebody's tinnitus? That is, I'm afraid, absolutely true. There is no cure for tinnitus in that there is no way of getting rid of tinnitus altogether. However, that's not the same at all as saying there's nothing can be done about it. So at the moment, the strongest evidence is in favour of CBT or cognitive behavioural therapy. Not that it takes the tinnitus away. Usually doesn't make the tinnitus quieter either, but what it does is help people to live with it much better so that it's much less interfering in their everyday life. And I can imagine a big part of that is being able to break the cycle in terms of being upset by your tinnitus, which is going to make you anxious and stressed, and then you'll focus on it more, which in turn is going to make it feel more prominent and again make you feel more upset by it. Yeah. I mean, it does, it does seem to be that people who are experiencing mental health difficulties are more likely to find the tinnitus hard to cope with. And people who have some pre-existing depression or anxiety are more likely to find the tinnitus bothersome. And then tinnitus might contribute to further depression and anxiety. And I think one thing that we are quite clear about is there's a very strong relationship between tinnitus and stress. We can kind of see how that works. If your emotional system is already heightened because of lots of stress going on, then you're more likely to have a strong response to tinnitus. I guess another interesting thing to think about is that the tinnitus is often a cause of 
sleep problems. Um, and when people are sleeping badly, they tend to have more trouble with teenagers. More recently, some research has found out that if you really tackle the sleep and focus more on that than the perception of tinnitus, people will find that their tinnitus becomes less distressing and then there's another way of getting out of the cycle. John finally reached a place where he was able to start seeking support. Like all of us would, he turned to the internet and came across the charity Tinnitus UK, where he now volunteers. During a COVID lockdown, he decided to try an online support group that they'd set up. I have to be honest, I was quite sceptical about attending a support group. I thought, what can a bunch of strangers do to help me? And in fact, after that first support group, I actually felt really angry because I heard people like me now talking about living well. And I remember saying out loud to myself, you don't know how bad my tinnitus is. But John stuck with it and found solidarity and inspiration from being around others who were going through the same thing. As this is an invisible chronic condition, you can feel very lonely. Your friends and family can be great and give you sympathy. But those groups gave you empathetic support. And that was incredibly comforting when I was in so much distress. After a few sessions, I realised that I was listening to people who were living well with their tinnitus and had accepted it. And I thought, if they can do it, why can't I? I'm not special in any way. And essentially, I, I said to myself, my tinnitus controls me. It's everything in my life at the moment. It's the first thing I think about, and it's the last thing I think about in the day. So I said to myself, I need to take back control from my tinnitus. The first step for John was to find evidence-based techniques for coping with his tinnitus. Absolutely for me, CBT was critical. The strategies and techniques I learned that were were originally for my mental health, I tailored, if you like, to my tinnitus and the impact it was having on my nervous system and being in this heightened fight or flight state that tinnitus creates. When I'm, I was having an unhelpful thought, you know, I was angry with my tinnitus, let's say, for example, I would pause, I would reflect on why I was having an unhelpful thought, and then I would reframe that into something that was more positive and forward-looking. And it was a difficult thing to do. I had a few stop phrases early on that helped me, and probably the core one was, I've decided to take back control. I'm following evidence-based strategies that have worked for other people. I know it's going to take time. I'm allowed to feel how I feel. And what I essentially did is I normalised my tinnitus. So my brain no longer saw it as a threat. So therefore, it no longer gave it priority. The problem is, despite research showing that CBT can be really beneficial for sufferers, it can be difficult or expensive to access. Long NHS waiting times mean that things can get worse before someone is able to see a specialist or a therapist, which is why researchers have designed an app that provides CBT on demand. Dr Lucy Hanscombe is involved in a clinical trial of the app. 
So it includes a chatbot who will chat to you about your tinnitus. It will ask you how you're feeling, what's going through your mind, and the chatbot will respond to you in a way that's uh, strongly informed by the principles of cognitive behavioural therapy. Also on the app, you can access things like relaxation exercises, breathing techniques, and it's got a whole selection of different sounds that you can listen to in the background to help shift your attention away from the tinnitus a little bit. So there's a fairly recent study that shows positive results in a fairly small group of people, but people who use the app over a period of time found the uh, levels of tinnitus distress decreased significantly after a regular app use. And actually, internet-based CBT for tinnitus isn't particularly new, but there are parts of the country and certainly parts of the world uh, where face-to-face therapy for tinnitus is pretty much impossible to get. Um, And I think these apps offer real hope for people um, who can't access tinnitus therapy in any other way. And I guess another benefit of the app is that a chatbot is available at all hours of the day and night, no matter what. So, you know, for those who are stressed or can't sleep at 2am, they can at least pick up their phones to try and get some help. But Lucy, until the app is available for everyone to try, what would your advice be to anyone struggling with this? Do go and speak to your doctor about it and find out what kind of help is available in your area. There is also some very good information available online. And I would also say if you have some loss of hearing or you suspect you might, do get your hearing tested. Because one thing we find is that a lot of people who have tinnitus and hearing loss, even quite a mild hearing loss, find that using hearing aids makes the tinnitus much less noticeable. And that's probably partly because the hearing aids are bringing in more external sounds from around you, and partly because you're just not having to listen so hard, um, and therefore the brain is less tuned into the internal sound of the tinnitus. With the right help, people who just find the buzz in their ears slightly annoying might stop noticing it altogether. And for those like John, life can be totally turned around. If you said to me when I was back in 2019, when I was crippled on my couch, crying, looking at my living room wall, thinking, will banging my head against the wall help my tinnitus? If you said to me then that I will be on the Guardian podcast talking about living well with tinnitus, I would have I would have said you mad. I might even have lunged at you. But when I hear my tinnitus now in the morning, I acknowledge it and go, oh, there's, you're, you're loud today. But my brain now, if you like, through brain plasticity or retraining, now just moves on to the more important things in, in life. And I liken it to a spot. It's not something I particularly want, but it has no impact on my life. And in fact, I actually feel like I've learned a lot about myself and I've met a, a lot of fantastic people out of it. So if you like, and I know this might sound quite perverse, but I'm actually thankful. I, I wouldn't want to repeat that again but I really feel very positive. And the reason I talk about tinnitus now is if I can help only one person uh, not be in the distress I was in, then that definitely presses my buttons in a very good way. A huge thanks to Dr Lucy Hanscombe and to John, who helps plenty of people through his volunteer work with Tinnitus UK. If you want to find out more, we've put a link to them, as well as to the NHS Tinnitus site and details of mental health helplines you can contact 
on the podcast webpage at theguardian.com. Before we go, I want to mention a brilliant new Guardian podcast series that starts today. It's called Black Box, and it's about artificial intelligence. Well, actually, it's about our relationship with AI, the ways in which it might help us, and the ways in which it's going to be very bad. Each episode follows a different story, from deep fakes to facial recognition. We think it's the guide to AI that you've been waiting for. New episodes are out every Monday and Thursday, starting today. Subscribe to Black Box wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by me, Madeline Finley, and Eli Block. It was sound designed by Tony Onuchuku. And the executive producer is Ellie Bury. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.